It's a show about a bunch of geeks locked in a house writing code, a most unsexy, unHollywood premise that's now an HBO hit. The show is named after the world it lampoons, Silicon Valley. It pokes fun at the absurdities and idiosyncrasies of a place in which a startup can be worth a billion dollars overnight. Behind the show, two people who've brought us some of the best satire in entertainment history. Mike Judge of Office Space and Beavis and Butthead fame, and Alec Berg, a top writer on Seinfeld. Joining me today on Studio 1.0, Silicon Valley creator Mike Judge and executive producer Alec Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Very excited to have you both. Of course. Thank you. Well, I'm a big fan. I've seen every episode. I know you've both written, produced, directed several different episodes. So what is different about season two? Alec? Um, well, the, the biggest thing we had to deal with is the loss of Chris Evan Welch, who you played Peter Gregory. And he was kind of the, the cornerstone of season one, and he was the guy that Richard ended up going with financing-wise. Um, and that was a huge, huge hole to sort of fill. And just writing-wise, it was a big challenge to try and figure out what the hell we're going to do without him. He was terrific, and he's, I understand he's being replaced by not a necessarily woman? replaced. Well, his firm, there's a, she becomes the lead partner, this, this new character who wasn't okay. in uh, season one, played by Suzanne Cryer. But he's, he's, it's not necessarily a one for one. kind of, I don't know, we don't really think of it as you can replace him with anybody. But um, yeah, so we had to write around that. And, you know, I mean, this is kind of, this is, second season is the story about what happens to a company. It's them getting, going to the next level. Everyone wants to know, is there a good dick joke in this series? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that is the question. There is at least one, yeah. Uh -huh. I think it's a good one. Is it as dick joke worthy as the one in season it's one? A, look, we love all our babies. <laughs> <laughs> we choose to say what dick joke is better or worse than what other dick joke. Um, but seriously, that moment is probably one of the most talked about, if not the most talked about moment of season one. And I feel like it's indicative of how you guys put this show together because it's, it's technically correct. And I know you spend a lot of research on the technical yeah. part <laughs> of things. So, so tell me actually about how that came to be. Well, it's when Mike and I first started talking about working on the show, we bonded over the fact that we said, you know what I hate more than anything is technically incorrect dick jokes. <laughs> so we just decided, we vowed from that point forward, if we do dick jokes, they are going to be technically correct. Yes, they may not be funny, <laughs> but they will be correct. And um, so far, I think we've hewed to that quite and, effectively. And Mike, actually, you're an engineer. That's right. You worked in Silicon I, uh, Valley once upon a time yourself. Yeah, so I actually... So you know a little bit about this world. Yeah, I had, I had fun on that one. We, we, we actually... Believe it or not, uh, this guy, Vineeth Mosser, who's now a PhD, he's got his PhD, I think right after we finished season one, was sort of our compression consultant. But um, we asked him for that dick joke. We had a lot of the, our technical stuff about, you know, the various angles and whatnot, but he kind of went to town on this. And it came out of one of the writers, Matteo Borghese, uh, his was just completely separately talking about uh, discussion with his roommates about how you could I don't know what you can say on the show. Manipulate? Manipulate four men yeah. at the same time. And uh, Alec overheard this and said, I think we've got it. <laughs> I think we've got it. Yeah, that <laughs> was like my own personal beautiful mind moment. Of, <laughs> <laughs> I just got spit on. You're I just got spit on. 
Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you okay? No, I'm, I'm good. It's a very meta. I just did a spit take. Just Sometimes okay. Uh, Sometimes the classics are classics for a reason. <laughs> but really, I'll take a you, real drink of water. <laughs> you guys do a lot of research for this show. I know you come up here often. Tell me a little bit about that. A lot of what we, our stories just come from real stories that are up here. I think we both had this desire to really just dig in and find out more about the real world, what these people really do. It just kept occurring to us, I don't know what these people are doing. <laughs> like, I mean, I used to program a little bit, but, but I wasn't building apps and platforms. I was doing a different kind of test engineering thing. And so, you know, the more we dug into it, the more great stuff we found. And Tell me about your time in Silicon Valley. It was a long time ago. I was, uh, I worked, uh, my first job up here was for a company called Parallax Graphics. They made, uh, what would be called a GPU now, graphics interfaces. Um, but this was in 87. I worked there for a few months. Why'd you left, leave? Uh, I didn't enjoy it too much. I think like, you uh, you the movie office. You thought you might show about it instead? <laughs> yeah, the, well, the movie office space was kind of more about why I would leave that job. <laughs> um, I don't know, just I wanted to do something else. So. The hot shows used to be about doctors and lawyers. Why write about Silicon Valley and computer geeks now? Like, where does Silicon Valley fit in this arc of entertainment history? You don't think these guys are hot? Well, listen, we're- Maybe we, if they're worth a billion dollars. Yeah, we we kind of ask ourselves that on a daily basis. Like, why did we decide to do a show that's about people who sit and type all day and what they do literally 16 hours a day is inherently unfilmable. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a challenge. I like said mistakes, it was unsexy. Mistakes yeah. made. Um, <laughs> I mean, it couldn't be more relevant, right? I mean, like you look at the speed at which tech is moving and, and the role that it plays in our lives. Yeah, I think Hollywood's always been very puzzled about, like, like when the internet first just exploded and was everywhere, you know, they tried to, they did a movie called The Net, and it was all, trying to make it all sexy and intriguing and, and it just was kind of ridiculous. This was an interesting challenge just because, it, like Alex says, it is unfilmable, but it's also, that challenge I think can lead you to do some more interesting stuff that hasn't been done in television, but so it seems like a good time to take a look at the people who are getting rich off it and building all these things that we use every day. When you ask doctors about Grey's Anatomy, I feel like they always say, oh God, it's nothing like that. What do you want engineers to say about Silicon Valley? I mean, how important is it to you to get it right? I always like it when they say, we've gotten a lot of people saying that we've gotten it right for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I, I think mean, it's twofold. And that's, what it, that's what we want. We try and get the technical details right. We do a lot of research and we have a lot of consultants who ask a lot of questions. But I think it's also just the personality types and the, you know, the, that, that world, like, you know, Mike was an engineer, my dad's a biophysicist, my brother is a computer guy, his wife works at Microsoft. Like, I feel like I know those personalities and he knows those personalities. So it's, it's really about that, that attitude. I also feel like it's good if, if we can make the actual people who work in this world actually laugh and really enjoy it on that level, that's good too. Mm -hmm. So far, it seems like for the most part, that's been the case. I mean, there's a few few haters out well, there. Well, uh, I have to mention Elon Musk because <laughs> nice uh, segue. <laughs> he, uh, he did at one point say, he told Recode, none of those characters were software engineers. Software engineers are more helpful, thoughtful, and smarter. 
They're weird, but not in the same way. I really feel like Mike Judge has never been to Burning Man, which is Silicon Valley. If you haven't been, you just don't get it. Have you ever been to Burning Man, first of all? I have Let's not. set the record straight. Okay. So he never <laughs> He's took right it. about that. He did, though, just last week light a man on fire. Oh. So. <laughs> well, that has to count for something. Yeah. You know, one step at a time. But how do you respond to that? Elon Musk uh, is, I think, is, you know, he's at the top of, of the game here. He's, he's not, um, so he might see things a little differently. I mean, he, you know, I, I'm not going to ever say Elon Musk, I, that I know Silicon Valley better than Elon Musk. We're looking for comedy here. We're not looking to just, you know, right. glorify and <clears throat> put, put it all up on a pedestal. Well, Mark Andreessen is a huge fan. Uh, Peter Thiel, another venture capitalist, huge fan, even though he, he perhaps you may poke fun at him a little <laughs> bit in, in, in season one with a guy named Peter Gregory. And I know that some of these people you actually talk to on a regular basis. So who did you talk to to make sure you were getting it right, to make sure you had geek cred? Oh, lots of people. Um, well, early on, I, I didn't, you know, before this went to series, I didn't have quite the resources. Uh, so uh, one of my best friends from high school, his nephew is a top programmer at Google. There's a lawyer we had a connection to who, who uh, works with startups. But but once we got going, I mean, we went to we went all over the place. Went to Google, Facebook, Yelp. Um, Dropbox. Like did Larry and Sergey and Mark Zuckerberg? Were they happy to talk to you? We have not met them yet. No. Although we but did they, see, we saw that Larry and Sergey were wearing our shirts when they did the ice bucket challenge. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had a hoolie and a Pied Piper shirt on. I wonder, is it at all strange critiquing Silicon Valley from Hollywood, which is its own epicenter of anxiety and ego? I think there are actually a huge number of similarities. We pitch pilots, you know, entrepreneurs pitch startups to seed investors and we do season one, and they do series A. So it feels, it feels natural, and there's no shortage of ego or, you know, or you know, pompousness in either business. You often hear entrepreneurs and CEOs say they're trying to change the world and make the world a better place. <clears throat> what do you think they're doing? Some of them are making the world a better place. Not to say Hollywood is better, but, um, you know, if, I, I'm sure that, like, the top people, successful people in Hollywood, J.J. Abrams, um, Chuck Lorre aren't saying, you know, my shows are making the world a better place by making people laugh. Or, uh, it's, you know, you just want to make good stuff. It's a, it's a little, it's just a different culture. They just have more money up here. That's all. A lot. But yeah. it's, it's but also, that there's, they don't flash their wealth in Silicon Valley the way they do in Hollywood, especially the way they used to like 20 years ago. Yeah, it is, it's a very interesting code that you can't drive a certain car because it's too pompous, but you can fly 50 of your friends to France for the weekend and have a million dollar party and that's or, just fine. Or Burning Man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Right. <laughs> Mike, your movie Idiocracy portrayed a future in which people are getting stupider because everything is so easy and they're so lazy. And now we live in a world where we don't have to drive, thanks to Uber, we don't have to cook, thanks to Munchery, my groceries <laughs> get delivered to me by Amazon and Instacart. Are we on a path toward real world idiocracy? Yeah, <laughs> probably so. Um, yeah, I don't know, I mean, that, that uh, I wouldn't take that movie too seriously. That was just sort of exaggerating things the way they are, so, uh, but I mean, I don't know, maybe it's making the world a better place. It's not, uh, 
I like Uber. Who in tech is uh, most overdue for lampooning? Tom Perkins? <laughs> So yeah, I, I mean, names. it's a little, it's funny that because there's so much <laughs> lag time between already. when we write the show and when it airs, it's almost a full year. We start writing in June and it doesn't come on until April. Um, so it's, you know, 10 months from when we start writing to when the shows start to hit air. And so much of what happens that we want to sort of go after happens after we've written the shows, but before we've aired. So it always feels like there's a stock. So you're writing history before season. it happens? Yeah, sometimes we've gotten lucky and or unlucky, depending on how you look at it, where we do something in the show and in between the time we shoot it and it comes out, it's happened in the real world. So what would you like to happen in the real world Silicon Valley? Like, it would power the show for three more seasons. I mean, honestly, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, it just seems like, you know, every time we try and make up you know, what's the crazy next thing? The real crazy next thing happens and it's even crazier than what we could make up. So, so. in the next season, all the unicorns are gonna blow up and the bubble's gonna burst and you we, guys we will already have written it? <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that. We'd be taking these meetings and people would be describing deals that happened and how, oh, this is like, I don't know, 50 million users from this app were worth this much and we flipped it and sold and, and we found ourselves just going, is there just a giant bubble that's about to burst here somewhere? Like, it, um, I would like to see the bubble not burst. <laughs> I don't think that, that wouldn't be good for anybody. But do you think there is one? One of the things we wanted to do was make it hard for them to get money to fund this, this company and because that's more compelling. And we kept asking people like, okay, what are the reasons that they couldn't get 10 or 15 million dollars in funding. And most of the people we talked to kept saying, oh, there's no reason. <laughs> We're like, well, if you had to invent, if you made up a reason why, right. hypothetically, so that our show was more interesting, what would that reason be? Oh, no, there's no reason. <laughs> the show has been criticized for its portrayal of women. Amanda Crew, who plays the only recurring female character up to this point, said, we're not trying to change Silicon Valley, we're trying to be a commentary on Silicon Valley, and that's what exists. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're doing satire about it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's uh, I think if we just came out with the show and it was every company was 50% women, 50% men, we'd kind of be doing a disservice by not calling attention to the fact that it's really 87% male. And I think VC firms, are partners are 94% yeah. male. And, uh, one of the guys actually early on that I talked to was uh, this guy Andrew Frame from uh, System Architecture guy on Facebook and he said, oh, by the way, there are no women. And I said, oh, so it's still like that. It was like that when I was here. Um, but I mean, if you're not, you know, we're doing satire, I think you gotta, we're taking jabs at him for it. Uh, it's different than endorsing it, I think. Have you been following the Ellen Powell versus Kleiner Perkins? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and now lawsuits have been filed on Facebook yeah. and Twitter, and it certainly seems to be. I mean, what, what's your take on the sexism issue in Silicon I, Valley? It's, it's kind of surprising to me that it, that it took this long for anything like this to happen. I mean, it's been male-dominated for as long as I, I mean, I'm, I'm old. I was in it, you know, in the 80s. I'm not surprised. I think engineers, and this is, you know, I'm making a, broad statement here, but I think a lot of male engineers have this thing about women that, you know, 
probably goes back to women treating them badly in high school or something, and maybe there's a little bit of that. Anything that is ripe for satire, obviously, I think we have a duty to the show to to go after. So if we can figure out an inspired way to, to hit it, absolutely. I wonder how does Silicon Valley compare to the other things that you've done? Seinfeld, Beavis and Butthead, Office Space. King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead, they were, you know, you could, there's no, really no overall arc there, mm -hmm. so that's different. I've also never done live action television at all. I've done movies, but um, you got 40 crew people standing behind you, and I always have this feeling that like, oh God, what if this thing sucks? And they're all snickering back there going, what's he doing? And <laughs> yeah, like season one, it's like, well, if, it, if we screw it up, nobody will notice. And now I feel like now that yeah, people are watching side. and that we've gotten a little bit of buzz, now I'm like, well, we can't fail quietly now. Well, and the entertainment landscape is so fragmented. I mean, it's so certainly so different from yeah. the days of Seinfeld and must-see TV on NBC. Yeah. I wonder, it's so different for viewers. How is it different for writers and creators? From the writing side, it doesn't feel much different to me. It's still, you gotta do something yeah. that you think is really good and you gotta make it as funny as you can and you can't listen to people who wanna make it something that it isn't. One thing that's just different, it's just the nature of HBO is there's just almost no interference from the network. It's, it's helpful when they, when they give us notes. It's not uh, networks, it's just all kinds of notes and things that you can't say and very weird standards. I mean, not that I'm always trying to be foul-mouthed and <laughs> vulgar or anything. It's just um, doing cable, pay cable is just different, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they don't have advertisers. So right. yeah. there's, that's a whole, like, they don't have to worry about offending anybody. They don't have to worry about, oh, we take money from that airline, so we can't mention that airline. What does HBO care about? What do they say they want from you? They said they wanted something that seemed like it was originally that they say that's you know that's uniquely yours. You want your own voice, that kind of thing. They've really just just been nothing but you know let's get you what you want. Would you work for an Amazon Studios? Would you work for Netflix? Sure, um, not for the next year or two. <laughs> I'm under contract, sort of. <laughs> but have you been impressed with what they're producing? Well, I think when you're not making that many shows, mm -hmm. like yeah. Amazon isn't or Netflix isn't, there's an emphasis on quality, right? Because they've got to put something out there that people are excited about. Mm -hmm. And for us, that's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, they want to spend a lot of money on something and their only stipulation is that it has to be really good? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, sign me up. So should like a Comcast be worried? Probably. If, I guess they should be worried if they're not worried. They should be, and I'm sure they're, who knows. So what's next for you guys? I mean, is this it? Are you guys, are you having fun? <laughs> How long do you want to keep doing this show? Well, it's funny, when, when we wrap the shoot, we, we write for four or five months, and then we shoot for about four months, and then we edit for another three or four months and then it's basically time to start writing again. So when we wrap the show, everyone on the crew, there's this thing that goes around the, the crew the last couple of days of people going, so you got a next gig lined up? What are you doing next? And everyone always asks us that. Yeah. And the answer is always, like, what are you working on next? I'm working on this. Yeah. And then when I'm done working on this, I'm gonna start working on this again. <laughs> um, so there is no, there's nothing else at this point. I mean, I it's like- two weeks off. <laughs> it's embarrassing that it takes us as long as it does to do 10 episodes of this jerky show, but that's the reality. It takes it's, a year. Yeah, it's weird. This is more like doing three movies in a year. I, that's what it feels like. Um, but it's 10 episodes. That's, I don't know. 
Seems like it should feel easier, be easier, but it's, it's not. But I, I love doing it. So when do you have to start thinking about season three? June. We may oh, be yeah. gathering material as we speak. Okay, okay. I think we had a good spit up moment. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. More spit takes. I think that should be uh, written into season three. Season three, yeah. the season of a spit take. All right. Mike Judge and Alec Berg, thank you so much for joining us.